Welcome back to Medusa's Yoni Talks. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode. Today, I have the most beautiful friend ever, yeah. Leia Michelle. Hi, thank you so much for coming You're today. You're welcome. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about you. Oh my gosh. Um, I am 38, a mother, a veteran, oh. a porn star, uh, a uh, hairstylist. <laughs> hair <style. laughs> so, like, so many things. I do hair. Um, I love to cook. Yum. Um, I know you're always cooking on your feed whenever yeah, I see you. I love to cook. <laughs> um, I like to work out a lot. So, yeah. I love that. And you've done some bikini competitive mm -hmm. modeling too as yep, well. Yep. You're like a jack of all trades, I feel like. I think I'm just bored all the time. <laughs> I <laughs> what know. else could I do? I was seeing on Twitter the other day, you were like, what's a new hobby yeah. that I could pick up that doesn't involve being active? And I was like, that's a good question. Now, now, I'm, now I'm building a Lego city with my mom. Oh my god, Lego! So, I yeah. love that. I'll like sit your ass down and just like do nothing. Just do nothing. Just do nothing. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's definitely like building a puzzle in a way, so it gets it's, your brain going. It's it's so it's a lot of fun actually. I was like, I'm just gonna try it, and then it became like this thing now that every night me and my mom build Lego sets together and drink coffee, and like I, I think it's that. a way for us to like we are like engaged with each other but not really and so i don't have to like have a conversation with her you know and then my daughter is like helping too so like it's a way for all of us to kind of be active in the same space but not have to like engage with each other yeah. and i think that's some i don't know why and you're I, I also like that. building a communication of like how are you do, uh, pulling things together yeah. creatively and how can i can contribute that yep. with my creativity i love that yeah yeah it's really it's been really fun so yeah that's beautiful yeah. okay um so yeah, I want to get to know a little bit about your spiritual journey. Tell me a little bit about that. Are you religious? No. Not religious mm -hmm. at all? So what's some of your spiritual journey that led you to being who you are today? Um, I think coming from a family who is pretty religious, um, I mean, I think I questioned a lot of things and didn't understand like why we went to church and like why we celebrated like Christmas. Like I just didn't understand. Like, yeah. and so I think after asking a bunch of those questions and then going to the military and I got baptized while I was in the military. And then, um, I think after my, I used to jump out of airplanes. And so I broke my foot doing that. And then like my, all, everything that I had like worked so hard to like build kind of like was destroyed like in like an instance what, what were you um what were your parents and then what did you get baptized as? so my mom my mom's family is catholic my dad's family I, that's so bad i don't even really know like what they what denomination they would but like i'm assuming like baptist or something yeah um and i just got i just got baptized in like a non-denominational like kind of like a military a mega church sort of thing um and i really liked the, it there it almost felt like therapy so I felt better about that. Um, so, and then I just was like, I don't believe in Jesus. So why am I doing this? So I just kind of explored the other options. So what are you currently like exploring? Um, I would say I'm more like agnostic, honestly. Agnostic. Yeah. What's your definition of agnostic? I just believe like there, there is some sort of spirituality like in the world. Like there's something in the universe, but like I don't see a person in the sky like in, a, in heaven's gates and all that stuff so like I feel things I feel energy I feel like there's something out there that's not here yeah but I just I think it's just a peaceful calm 
unknowing. Yeah. Unknowing that there's something there. Yeah. But yeah. it's not necessarily God, Jesus. No. And I feel I feel that. I never really defined myself into anything. I grew up in so many like religious homes that mm-hmm. I was like, this is literally all one and the same. It's all the same. And then like I just from a very young age I understood that the book of the Bible was written by man mm-hmm. and I was like, Why am I gonna read something that a man wrote or not man but like humans human. wrote and trying to say that this is the way that we're supposed to conform and be but this doesn't make sense because it sounds very hypocritical in the same way mm-hmm. like you god will only love you if you, you repent your sins like what like and i just don't understand like why why are why are Christ, west christianity right and like judaism is wrong you know I, and i'm like i don't understand like that so it yeah. doesn't make sense to me. When I started studying um, spirituality, not studying, but like understanding spirituality and uh, studying the religions, I think I was reading like the book of the Orishas or something like mm-hmm. that. And it literally talked about how we were all one religion at once. And then someone was like, I want to do it this way. Yeah. And I don't agree with that. And then someone else was like, but I want to do it this way. And I don't agree with that. And then someone else was like, I'm going to do it this way. I don't believe in that. And then it's just like, you know, everyone conforming their own religion. Yeah. That's how Buddhism was made. That's how Christianity was made. I mean, if you think about Santo, you know what Santo religion is? Not really. So um, some people know what it is. Some people don't. So Santo is the like witchy version of Catholicism. Okay. And whenever I was trying to understand that, because I was trying to understand my mother, I also understood that Santo religion comes from Catholic literally and when a lot of like the hispanics and african-americans were slaved they couldn't practice their their own religion so they hid their practices inside of catholicism and then they started being able to branch it out and that's how buddhism is made Mm -hmm. and all these different things so it literally stems from a religion it's just they're making it their own and doing their own spiritual practices ways so once i understood that i was like oh this is literally one and the same everyone is literally fighting over the same thing thing. but in just different ways and then trying to um i understood what domestication was recently over the past couple months and i'm like wow we're literally all trying to domesticate each other on a religion and then if we don't conform to that way we're now like not loved by those people yeah i just i i it's yeah or we're sinning or we're too gay or we're too sexual but i'm like if you think about it like the most sexual highest beings are hidden and they go to church they're the most sluttiest the most hoary like (laughs) yes like it's yeah yeah and i i love um i like mythology Mm -hmm. so like i was like well that's just like the same stories from the bible just like there's just different people that like it's not one person like zeus and and god are like the same person so i and i love stories stories and that makes me feel better when i hear it in a story than like uh you're going to die if you don't like do everything in this and i'm like i can't can't yeah it's very um it's very hard and i definitely feel like that's why i'm not religious i'm just spiritual yeah and then a lot of people try to be like well spiritual spirituality is religion i'm like no because if you break up the word i'm saying spirit i'm not saying spirits i'm saying spirit i'm talking about my spirit i want to heal my spirit Mm -hmm. i want to love my spirit and if it conforms to your way, cool. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be stressed about that. Um, and I'm not going to let anyone else dictate how I'm right. learning to love myself this way. If you love yourself that way, then cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yes. <laughs> um, did you ever partake in any, like, spiritual ceremonies that helped you just kind of, like, explore your spirituality? Not really. Um, I, I, no. No. I think therapy has really been like my 
Safeco. Safe, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is your experience like in therapy? We there's so many like thoughts of like either a therapist is just for me, my experience, therapist, I felt like I was like telling them a story and they're just sitting there eating a popcorn like, yeah. wow, like this happened to you. So it just feels hard for me to like go to a therapist. So what is your experience? So the first two therapists I had sucked um, and the, and my psychiatrist also kind of sucked. What my the one that I just recently got rid of. Um, and so I, for a while there, I was just like, I don't like, th- like, this is stupid. And finally I found um, the therapist that I go to now. And I really, honestly, like to me, I think, He's a de- he's a dad. He has two daughters. I'm probably gonna cry. Um, and I feel like he is almost like the dad that I wish that I had. So in therapy, I feel like I'm kind of talking my problems out with a father figure, and that's really that. helpful. Um, and he also reassures me that like I'm not crazy, and that like it's okay. My feelings are okay, and like everything that I feel, it has almost like a validation, mm-hmm. and then like work through like why I feel that way, so that way I. Not necessarily, like, don't have to... Like, my emotions are valid and my feelings are valid, but, like, why are they so strong? And we need to bring them down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think before therapists were, like... Like, I had the one that was just, like, and we'll see you in three weeks. And I was, like, what? You know, like... I hate those. Yeah, I'm, like, I gotta wait three weeks to tell you more. I gotta pause the story. I'm just, like, what? This isn't helpful. And then my second therapist was a woman, and she just continually told me to, like, leave my boyfriend at the time. Like... She like she wasn't giving me any sort of like, why are you like in this situation? Like let's work through your. It was like you just need to leave him, and I was like that's not not that's help not me at all. Yeah. So yeah. So this this one I love. I love my. I've been with him for three years now. I think, and it's just been really helpful. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long have you been in therapy? So three this three years. Um, I, I think I spent like maybe six months, in the other, and they were all military therapists, and they are too overworked and like it, I wasn't getting enough help. It was like once a month and I was like, this is not helpful for me. So I tried it here and there and then I've been consistently going every week um, for three years. What brought you to being like, I I need help. Like <laughs> something's happening, I need help, I need someone to talk to you. What brought you to that point? Um, COVID happened. And I, stupid, stupidly, I was seeing a guy and I, he was, he gave me some of his Adderall or Xanax or something because like, I'm pretty sure I have ADHD, but like, you know, (laughs) so I was like, cool, cool. Like, he's like, it was really helpful. He was trying to be super helpful and he was like, just see, take it. And then if you like it, like you can go to your doctor and like, you can tell them, you know, whatever. And I was like, cool, cool. I was also taking, I still take Prozac. So I'm also taking Prozac and those two drugs just did not. What's Prozac? It's um, like an anti-anxiety medication. Okay. okay. Um, and I was taking that, I'm still taking that, but I was taking that at the same time and I should not have taken those two together. And like, I had this day where I was just like, I felt super good. And I called my family and was like, I am dating this man. And like, I want to, experience like an open relationship with him and like it's he's so great and like my aunt was like why the fuck would you do that like something is wrong with you and then I just lost it I just like started like crying and I took myself to the to the VA and was like I want to hurt myself and y'all need to do something about it right now what brought you to that point of being like I want to hurt was it just because I think because the COVID had happened and I was struggling financially um I was drinking a lot um, and I think that 
the combination of everything that happened and me feeling really good in that moment and expressing my happiness to someone and then being like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, the fuck? Like, <laughs> am I ever going to be happy, you know? And yeah. so then I, th- I think I thought, like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life feeling like this. Like, do I have to wake yeah. up every day and, like, hurt? So I took myself there. And then the, the, la- the, the person I talked to kind of yelled at me. She was like, you haven't gone to the therapist that we have assigned you. You're taking not prescribed medication. You're drinking on Prozac. Why the fuck do you think, like, you're going to, like, be why do you think that you're going to like have a, a happy like or feel good if you're doing all these things and you're not even like trying to do fix it? Yeah. So that day I, I called the therapist and was like, let's set something up. And he was like, okay. And th- that was from that there. Was it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, have you ever experimented with like, or have the thoughts of like, I want to eventually like learn how to manage myself, not on medication. So, yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I'll ever get there. Um, I think that there are some things that I need to do and I'm working on those things, but I realize that I can't do everything all at once. It just doesn't work. I have to, I have to create new habits. And so I'm starting with like one thing and then like putting that into, it's like putting that into the works or whatever. And then I'll go to the next thing. And I think part of that was like moving back home. Um, stop stressing myself out so much about like how much money I need to make and like all did you this. move back from Florida to mm-hmm. I moved okay. to Florida and was by myself for like nine months yeah I remember you were telling yeah, me yeah. it was like you wanted to be back with your daughter yep. and that could probably also be triggering a mm-hmm. lot of like I think being a- alone for the first time too was super helpful okay because I realized like I don't have to work as hard to be happy I think I was working so hard to be happy and it was like well ha- just sit down yeah you know so yeah, I'm working on it, but I'm, I'm okay with taking medicine if I have to. Um, I think that once I'm able to, like, smoke again, I'll probably be better because then I will, I'll probably get more sleep and stuff like that. So, yeah. like, so we'll see. But I think I struggled for a while being like, I don't want to take it. And I think that I need it um, for now. For now? Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's honestly a big step. There's so many people in this world who are like, I'm one of those. I was like, I'm going to start it because... I have my trauma with mm-hmm. medicine. My mother constantly, you know, I said my story where she dragging me to therapists left and right. And the one information she could have told them was like, I abandoned this daughter mm-hmm. and then I kidnapped her and she hasn't, she's going crazy because she doesn't understand what's going on with yeah. her. And I'm abusing her on top of that. <laughs> so all the diagnoses that doctors were giving me were like schizophrenia, this, that, and the other. And the medicines they were giving me were actually causing me to shut down. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be in fourth grade and I almost flunked fourth grade because I don't know how many, every single day, teachers coming up to me, the bell rung, and I'm still sitting there like, huh? And like not registering, oh shit, the bell rang. I gotta go to my next class. And it's cause I was on the wrong medicine at a young age. Yeah. So by the time I started becoming of age, I was like, I'm afraid of that. So I would only do medicine if like I was in mental hospitals and needed to like, get out of that situation and I'd be like, yeah, I'm getting better. I'm gonna take your medicine. And immediately I stop. And, um, I think I went into a hyperactive mode of like, how can I help myself without that? And it is a struggle. So I, I, I give you like literally all the hugs and all the claps because that is hard to be able to say, I need this. Yeah. 
and I'm going to submit to this because this is going to actually help me grow stronger versus people who are like me and who are like, ah, I'd rather go the opposite direction. Yeah. Ah. It's hard because you end up self-medicating or doing other things yeah. that are like, oh, I can just do this. Or like, I mean, even like down to like drinking too much coffee or smoking cigarettes or, you know, doing harder drugs or overworking yourself. Um, I just feel like I still have some of those tendencies where I'm like, I must do all the things every day. And it's like, no, I can just sit down. So then how do you come to the spot where you're like, do you feel like you're hyperactive? That's mm -hmm. the first question. Do you feel like you have to be on the go all the time? Mm -hmm. So how do you find a space where you, if you're obviously getting overwhelmed with emotions and being overwhelmed with that, being how active you are, how does it register in your brain that I need to sit down? Um, I start getting irritated at everything and everyone. And then I'm like, all right, sit down for a second um, or do something for you because usually it's because I haven't taken care of me first yeah so then I'm like oh go, go to the gym um, and even sometimes there like I, I and this is I have a love hate like with people at the gym because sometimes I don't go to get like that like awesome workout in sometimes I just want to sit down yeah a gym is my thinking spot for sure yeah like and like people are like are you done with that bench no i'm not done thinking yet like i'm so sorry that you're like so mad at me right now for like holding up the spot and like i've only done one set uh, you know but like i used to that's where i used to i used to that was i did that at the i would go to the bar and that's not healthy that's not healthy so yeah. if i could just go to like the gym honestly like i i start i need to go back to swimming swimming was really helpful um because i there's nothing there's no phone there's nobody next to me. I have the lap, the, the lane by myself yes. and I'm just in the water. And so like, sometimes it, it'll be like that. Um, but I, I get really irritated and overwhelmed. And then I know like, all right, stop for a second. What can you do for you? That's productive and not like self harm. So, I love that. Yeah. I like your way of thinking on that. Um, okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about your spiritual journey yes. and how it may have affected your sex life. How do you think, you coming into your spiritual journey has affected your life in positive and negative ways. Um, like how were you before you were spiritual and how are you now? I think before I was always looking for, um, like to please other people and looking for them to be like, you've made it, you know, like we're so proud of you. Like, you've made it so I could like stop, you know? Yeah. And so I think that now I look at, I look at my life, like, are you happy? Cause it doesn't fucking matter if anybody else is happy or not. Like, are you happy? And you can't please everyone. So I think after I did some self-reflection and really came to the, to the point where I'm like, it's not about, it's about me. And I, I don't look for other people's approval as much anymore. I still okay. think that, you know, we all are, we all want to know that like someone else, like is happy that you're happy, but a lot of people aren't happy with themselves. So that's, they're never, if I'm happy, they're never, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, how often do you meditate? I don't, um, I, I, well, I wouldn't consider what I do med meditation. I think that I cook. You know, there is various forms of meditation yeah, that doesn't involve you just sitting down and being like, mm. <laughs> and I feel like people think that. Yeah, I think that I forget, like, I 
I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. and like I just kind of like zone out. I put my headphones on and I've noticed recently that sometimes I just put my headphones on to block out all the other noise and it's super calming. Like I could just sit down with my beats on with nothing and I can hear the noise, but like it's muffled so much that it doesn't overwhelm me. Okay. Um, I cook. I love to bake. Um, and the, the gym, honestly, like I, I, I love going to the gym and being like, how much weight can I lift today? Yeah. And then being like, or like learning a new exercise. And I think sometimes just like, like I said, just sitting there and like, it's so peaceful for me. I feel like um, I resonate with a gym being part of like a meditation Mm -hmm. because when I first was gymming like five, six years ago, it was a workspace for me. I would go in there and I'd do so much work and I was up in the gym for three, three, four hours Mm -hmm. a time. I'm still in the gym for three, four hours a time, but this time I dialed back with work and I, well, I want to say I started with work and then it went into a heavy workout space for three, four hours. And then I power lifting, how much can I lift all these things? And then when I discovered yoga, Mm -hmm. I realized a lot of my technique was off. So now when I go into the gym, it is a meditative space because yoga taught me how to breathe mm-hmm. right. Um, I didn't realize like I was holding my breath trying to lift a set and then, you know, struggling in my headspace is also probably on a million things that I need mm-hmm. to get done. Now I'm in the headspace of like, how slow and control can you do this deadlift? How slow and control can you lift it? All right, let's add more weight. Now, how can you do it again? Like, and I feel like I'm so focused on my breathing that it becomes like a deep meditative space for me. And I can even hear it. Like, do you know what ujjayi breath is? Mm -mm. So ujjayi breath is like when you're breathing constricted at the back of your throat. So you're going. Mm. So when you do that, you're causing um, a focus on your center because your ujjayi breath is coming from here, 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 and your root. And then it comes back up. So when you're focused on that, it's an alignment. And then you're focused on your 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 mobility and you're focused on all that thing. So I definitely feel like gym has become a meditative space. I'm like even doing my sets slower. And I'm like, you know, it just becomes a whole thing where I am just focused solely on me. I don't care about anyone else. I hate when people try to nudge me. I'm I like, bro, I'm in a meditative space right now. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. And same thing with running. Like, I used to be, mm. I used to be panic. When I would go running, for some reason, this anxiety would, like, come up and I'd just start like having like a panic and like (laughs) to where I have to stop now I go ujjayi breath while I'm running and like I never even thought that was a thing that I could do while running Mm -hmm. but it's literally close your mouth and ujjayi breath because when you control your heart then you can literally go longer in ways so it's like people forget that you can add meditative techniques to literally everything you do you just focus on your breath. Yeah. And it's just, there you are. You're meditating. You don't have to sit down. Because I'm one of those people that do have a super active brain. And I'm sure if I sat down and figured out how to do the silent, you know, meditations, it would be great and beneficial for me. But I, I do active do meditations. I, yeah, I can't. <laughs> it's really hard. I mean, it's super hard. And I've, I've, I've definitely, I've, like, done walking meditation. I used to go to, like, a Buddhist, like, little temple thing in my hometown um, and I just, I just can't, like, I'll be like, oh crap, like, I gotta, like, I forgot that I need to, like, do this. Or, like, is the door locked? Or, like, like something will come up and I'm like, well, fuck this, I just got in this, so. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. Quieting the mind is really hard. It's, it's a master and a skill of its own. And I feel like, um... When I do hit points of where I do have to get quiet and meditate, it is because I did something super active before. Mm -hmm. And I noticed um, there was like this 
this article I was reading about how to get to a silent meditation if you actually are trying to receive that, like to sit a quiet and all that things. Do something active. Go for a quick run. Burst the energy mm -hmm. out of your body to where when something does pop up in your mind, you're like, I'm too exhausted. I'm here. You know, I think that's part. I think that's why I like the gym so much. It's like if I work out like super hard and after that, like. I'm, I'm spent. Like, I don't have time to do anything. I don't have time to yell at my kid. I'm just like, whatever. And I've, <laughs> I've noticed that like, I receive, I receive like things better after the, like right after the gym. Cause I'm like, I don't I'm, I'm tired. And I know, I know there's a lot of, Same, I get that. Like, whatever. <laughs> and I know a lot of like bodybuilders and stuff. Like I never knew this why, but like, they move very slow. I mean, obviously they have like a lot of muscle they're carrying around a lot of times, but they move really slow. And I was like, why, you know, why? Cause when I was really into my, my lifting and my bodybuilding stuff, it's like, I think it's cause they're so Zen. Cause they've, they've been in the gym for like three hours and they just like, don't have the energy to like, yeah, be so, you know, so they High walk slow, they move slow. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. That is cool. <laughs> so I would like to know, how did you get into sex work? Ugh. Juicy, juicy. Um, okay, so I've been modeling since I was eight. Um, and when I first joined the military, I was so terrified to take my clothes off, like, in the community showers. I stood outside of the community shower, like, am I going to smell for this nine weeks of basic training, or am I going to just get my ass in the shower? And so I was like, okay. And I was so self-conscious about my body. Um, and I knew that that wasn't something that I wanted to continue with because I was like well if I, I had sex with my clothes on like or like top tops on would never take my clothes off um didn't like to have sex in the in the light it was always in the dark and so finally I was like I'm going to um model in a controlled environment with no clothes on and so I started to do nude and implied nude modeling and then I started to see myself in the pick in the camera like oh I'm, I see what everyone else sees I am pretty I am beautiful and like that just developed over time and when I was when I left the military I was super super depressed and I didn't want to leave the house and I was like what can I do in the house that like I can do whenever I feel like it and I was like oh I'll cam so I started doing that and that just kind of developed into like and that was I cammed because I was like lonely and I just wanted to like talk to people I love that. And I was, like, getting drunk on cam and, like, smoking weed and just being, like, whatever, I don't even care about the money. Like, I'm about to just masturbate on camera because, like, I'm tired and I want to go to sleep. And so that just turned into, like, what I'm, what, to, what I, it just has evolved over time. That was 12 years ago. I met my daughter's father. I had a terrible, toxic relationship with him. I stopped camming. Um, I stopped modeling. And then when we broke up, I was, like, well, I miss it, so I'm gonna go back to doing it. And that's just helped me heal the person that I, I, I never like liked myself. And now I, because of sex work, I like love myself. And I'm like, oh, yes. I can like do all these things and I can explore like my sexuality yes. and I can do all the things that I've wanted to do with partners that like they would never want me to do because they were so insecure. And so now I'm like, I love, I love the way I date now. I love seeing myself like so camming kind of was like something you just like stumbled into. It was like, I'm yeah. going to be exploring new ways how to like, you know, just I, talk to people. I just wanted to talk to people. Okay. Um, yeah. 
because I was lonely and I didn't want to leave my house and I you know, still needed to make some money. And so I did that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of um, that's kind of how I kind of stumbled. Not in the, like because I wanted to talk to people. I just needed money. And then like I feel like I was just going between so many like um, I'm really great at marketing. So my my strong suit is like I complied to any marketing job and sales job and I, I'd get it immediately. But it was just like burning me out in such a way. I'm just a numbers person. I love numbers in all ways. And um I felt like I was just arguing with too many bosses and then having my own kids and then just like meeting when I became a freelance makeup artist and I discovered a model who was like, yeah, I strip. And I was like, get me in because what? And then so I, I struggled with my own body. Mm -hmm. and I was like, I was doing sex work before modeling and I was like still had that like that mommy weight because my baby was like maybe a year old at that point so I had that mommy weight and like my boobs was like weird so I was like I'm gonna just do this so I pay for my boobs like that was my goal I was like I'm gonna just do this till I pay for my boobs and then during that process of me dancing I started loving myself mm -hmm. because I started losing the weight I was learning how to move my body mm -hmm. in a different way and I was like whoa I am people paying me to like to just, you know, look this way. I had so many men be like, oh, you just had a baby, huh? And I'd be like, well, he's like a year, a little bit over a year. And they'd be like, man, that looks good. And I'd be like, does it? That's like, you know, I never got those compliments from my ex-husband. Yeah. So to hear it from other people and that were willing to pay for me, I was just like, oh, I do look sexy. I do have that mom body. All these other girls don't have a mom body. I have a mom body. Mm -hmm. Like, it just became a thing where I started loving myself because I had a mom body. And then, like, then that gym, I was like, well, I can just tone it up a little bit let me be a sexy mom body yeah. <laughs> and then just kind of like fell that way and then camming was the next step i just like well fuck, let me go camming like yep. it just started evoluting from there but yeah i feel like sex work has because of sex work i learned how to come there, there's that too i never swerved it before i did sex work and the first time i did it i was like I said, I'm gonna do this again. Yeah. Do this again. And I was like, I can squirt. Like I was like, I am almost fucking forty, and I had never. Like, that was like, yeah. what the hell? Oh my god! I, it was like that's firmer. Like I tell this all the time. I was talking to my lash stylist the other day, and like the topic came up of um, intimacy and romance, and uh, she said a lot of like the issues in her relationship that she's having is just like her dude is just doesn't put enough effort. Mm. And like, even when they have sex, she's like, dude, I could be doing more. Like, I just want more. And then I asked her, I was like, well, how many sex partners have you had in your life? And she was like, four. And I was like, how often do you masturbate? And she was like, I never have. And I'm like, do you know how to come? And she was like, you know, I only come when I'm riding. And I was like, it's just, I think something's wrong with me. I think, and I was like, I think what's wrong with you is the fact that you don't masturbate. Yeah. Because whenever I first learned how to come, I was sitting in front of a mirror doing a custom video and while creating this video in a mirror view I was like wait a minute why does my pussy look so pretty and then, <laughs> and then I just started like really exploring and being like is this what men are looking at is this how men are seeing my pussy like wow like and then I just started getting excited about it and then I just started thinking like it feels so soft and like I had never t like fully had those like connection mm -hmm. and I was just like wow it feels so soft wow like it's still unique wow it's getting wet wow i'm coming <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like, like what is this 
<laughs> Literally. And so when I came from that, I was like, wow, I think I just fell in love with my own pussy at this mm -hmm. point. And that was just such a like, and it was through a custom video, me filming a custom video and just happened to be looking at myself in the mirror. And I was just like, wow, this is like such a different like sensation, a different view of how I'm viewing myself. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it again. I wanted more and more. And I was like, camera off. Let me continue. Like, <laughs> like, I'm done with you. I'm done with you. I need myself. I need myself. And I feel like ever since that moment, like, even up until that point, I barely masturbated. Like I had few curiosity moments, like when I started camming um, and I was buying all these toys. I was like, I wonder what they feel like. But then I was super intimidated, mm. like of like, what if I like it? Like, is this bad? Is this a sin? You know, and that goes into the topic of like, what well, I'm gonna ask you, like, how was sex talked about with your parents? So, uh, my, me and my mom are super close. And she, I just remember her always telling me, like, we didn't really talk about sex, but I just distinctly remember her telling me, like, when you are ready, please tell me so that I don't have any surprises, like, baby, and I can, like, tell you what you need, like, you, I can go get your condoms or whatever. And, um, yeah, that was pretty much it. I so was it open? Like, did like, you feel like even though she had that op the option open, did you feel like I can come to her? Yeah, so, I mean, I did. I, um... I, I had sex first, and then I was like, let me just go ahead and tell her. Um, and I, I think because I didn't, the, when, the first time I had sex, I skipped an SAT prep um, class, and I went and did it with my boyfriend. And it was like, I was like, this is it? Like, what the, what is this? <laughs> and so, like, I think the next day I was like, I didn't tell her that I had already had, but I was like, I think I'm ready to, like, have sex. And she's like, oh, all right, like, do you need me to go get you condoms? And I was like, no, he has some. And she's like, use them and I was like okay and that was that it. was it mm -hmm. so you didn't have any like I want to ask her more questions did you did you ever feel comfortable like talking about your uh, sex experience not at that age so do you ever feel like growing up maybe sex had like a a negative view outside like obviously your mom was giving you the positive but yeah. did you receive any like experiences outside of how you were growing up with your mother that made it made you uncomfortable to experiment with like self-pleasure and like what you may need even from someone else like expressing that I you mean like with a partner like did mm -hmm. I honestly didn't even know what to ask um like I, I, I pretty much kept my clothes on uh like I even think at one point I kept underwear on really? during sex how, how, <laughs> and just like pulled it to the side and like wow. did it that way I think I was super self-conscious about my body I was always skinny yeah um my I love her so much but my mom gave me a super big complex about my boobs um I my and now that I know this I'm like my areolas are fucking fine <laughs> but like for growing up my mom used to always call my like she called, said I had orangutan titties like oh right she she was like I never said that but I was like why would I make that up you know like I distinctly remember you telling me this like over and over because I had large areolas and like I didn't have a lot of breast tissue so like basically all I had was like Areola. areolas and nipple right so like whatever and now it's so funny because now like I'm older and I'm like they're not even that big like I know like Plenty of women who have like much larger ones. Yeah, and I'm my like, entire tit was an areola, and I—that's the reason why I had mine reduced because I was everybody's comments. I was <laughs> like, wow, you know. Um, and then just being small and not have developing like the rest of my friends were. I was just tall and skinny, and I just never thought that I was attractive to men. And I think that that's probably why I've 
one of the reasons why I've been in like toxic relationships because it's like as soon as someone does like me, I'm like, oh, okay. Like now I gotta like I gotta love you and I have to like do other things to keep you here because like I might not ever get this again. And I know that's not true, but like at you know younger me is like, oh, somebody likes me and thinks I'm pretty. Okay, cool. This is it. Like now I have to marry this person. Um, and then I would get like heartbroken and being like, I'm never gonna experience love again. And then you know, dumb me. So how would you say you um, have been over? Like, do you still suffer a lot of those insecurities or would you say you're pretty like secure with how beautiful you are now? I think I'm mostly there. I think I do. I struggle with like if someone really likes me sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if that has anything to do with like the way I look or now it's opposite. Now I'm like, oh fuck, I am beautiful. Are people just liking me because I am beautiful? That's what I said. And I'm like, <laughs> damn, like I just started liking myself and now I gotta deal with this too. So like, I, I'm just like, ah, oh, man. So yeah. Yeah, it is. Would you say it's hard for you to receive a compliment as beautiful? Cause I know for me, when people tell me, oh my God, you're so beautiful. I get very dismissive with it because I'm like, I know I'm beautiful, but do you see beyond that? Do you see how smart I am? Do you see like, you know, like just different things. Cause that I go into that headspace. Yeah. Like, do you only want to be around me? Cause I'm beautiful. Do you want to have access to me? Cause I'm beautiful. Do you see beyond that? And then I feel like when I start opening my mouth and speaking, people are like, Oh, you really are smart. I'm like, yeah, you only saw beauty. Like, and that's where my brain goes. So do you feel like, ah, oh, man, I, I try to, I, I try to just say when people are like, you're so beautiful. I, I, I struggle with being like, thank you. And then that's it. And just continue on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I say thank you. I'd just be like, thanks. No, I, I, just, I feel like I feel like it's hard to just receive it instead of going into headspace being like, because I'm always like, I look fucking homeless. What are you talking about? But I think, but like, you know, even down to like certain things like um, being able to take a selfie and post it without a filter or makeup or anything on. I'm like, I can do that now. Like, and so I do, I struggle because I, I, I do think that and I have an I have a, a added layer I think because my dad is a NBA was an NBA player so and he played at college at my hometown so I'm like not only am I pretty but I also have a celebrity dad and I struggle with people do you really want to like like me for me or are you just trying to like you know what I'm saying yeah use those angles and so I I I don't know I yeah I. I overexplain. I'm like, but I also am a veteran. And I also have a degree. And I also like have a business. And then I'm like, bitch, nobody cares. Like, you know, I feel like nobody cares. But then I'm like, am I just am I just doing these things so that I feel better about myself? Hmm. I mean, it sounds like a little bit of both. Yeah, you know, for yourself and for others to be able to see it beyond yeah. the surface. And I feel like everyone is kind of that way. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I've even, I mean, that's why it's hard for me. Like I say thank you when people are like, you're so beautiful, but unless it's coming from my children or my partner or my family, I don't fully receive it. Cause I'm like, okay, you see beauty. And that might be going in your head. Like I want to have sex with her or I just want to be around her cause she's beautiful. But like, do you see anything else that might be beautiful? Like the way I think or the way I speak or the way I move or the way I'm creative or, you know, cause that's when I'm telling someone they're beautiful, I'm like, wow, you're so beautiful. Cause you're so smart. Wow. You're so beautiful because of this. And like, I'm constantly trying to make people like beauty is just like the complimenting word to what else yeah. I'm wanting to tie that to. I, I feel like when I see someone that's beautiful, I, 
I, it's, it's confident. Like, I'm like, you are so sure of yourself. And I love that. And like, that's where I see a lot of beauty in other people. Um, I also fear that, um, people think that I am stuck up because I'm pretty or like they have this pre preconceived notion that like I'm a bitch. And so I am always, always inside of myself. I forgot this was here. I was like, I'm always, I'm always inside of myself because I'm like, this person probably thinks I'm an asshole and I don't, and I'm not. And I, and like, that's a struggle with that too. So I feel like I'm always like, had this like, this like wall up everywhere that I go. Cause I don't want people to see me. I just want to get my shit done and go because like, I just don't, I don't want anybody to even like look at me and be like, I feel like I definitely like when I'm out and about in public, I definitely do have like a, a wall out yeah. and like I, I'm putting that energy of like, don't come. Yeah. Yeah don't talk to me. Like, I don't, I'd be arguing in grocery lines with random people. I'm like, mostly men. And they'll be like, trying to have a conversation. I'm like, bro, I'm checking my shit out right now. Why are you talking to me? Unless you like, pay for my groceries, please get the fuck. Oh, <laughs> like, I know I'm pretty. And they'll be like, oh, you were, I was just trying to tell you you're pretty. Now you're, you're, a, you're a bitch. And I'm like, okay. Um, and so that's also why it's hard for me to receive compliments from random people, because mm-hmm. I assume that if I don't receive it in the way you want me to receive it. Mm-hmm. And if I go into my own headspace of like, oh, you blah, 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 whatever might be going on in there, you're going to be like soon after, mm-hmm. oh, you're just such a bitch. And I'm like, and this is why I didn't accept it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I'm telling you, like, I'm always in gym clothes. I'm always walking with a purpose. I usually have my headphones on because please don't talk to me. Um, and I don't, I don't like that, but I feel like that's how I've protected myself for so long. And my mom will be like, damn, like this person's like staring at you. And I'm like, who? Cause I don't even see it anymore. I don't even see it. I've never noticed when people are staring Mm-mm. at me. Like I've never noticed. I feel like I'm, like you said, walking with a mission. I'm out and about and with a mission. I'm even in crowds. Even if it's a, a crowd for me, I'm in that crowd with a mission. Like yeah. I'm like in and out. Boop. Yep. Like, I, I, yeah. Yep. It's really hard. Um, what is your worst sexual experience that shaped how you mm. approach sex? Um, I, I think I there's a couple of them, but I think probably the worst one stems around a couple of interactions with uh, ex fiance that I have had um, when I was in the military. He like did some weird weird things, and I and one of them was my first time I tried anal, and. I basically was like, please stop. And like, he just, he wouldn't. And I was like, okay, this fucking sucks. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I don't do anal. Cause I'm so terrified because like, I don't want to like. Someone push that boundary. Yeah. Like I, was, I was like, we can try it. But like, and I was like, no. And he was just like, and come like realizing like that, that was pretty much a rape. Like I, I struggled with This literally with that. was going in my head, but I didn't want to say the word without I, triggering. I like, I, I struggle with that. Cause I was like, eh. And like, it's happened a couple, like I've been like sexually assaulted a couple of times that one really hurt though because like we were in a relationship and I was like I'm trusting you to like take care of me and there's another time where I was like giving him head and I was like trying like I was like I don't really know what I'm doing so I'm trying you know I'm trying to like figure out if if this is like I I was younger and I got don't even think I had like given head like very many times and I was like trying so hard and he never came and I was like I suck and then he was like oh that's because I had to pee so he let me suck his dick for 45 minutes while I'm trying, trying, trying to, like, be the best dick sucker in the world. And, like, he was like, oh, I had to pee. Like, I was like, 
So you just let me like str- like struggle, and like I think that would like hit, our relationship was like sexually traumatic for me because I think he was the first person that I really like saw like getting myself. Ma- I was gonna marry him. Um, we wanted I wanted to have children with him, and um, he just sucked. Yeah, like he sucked. He was he was never Oof. he was cheap. He never like did any like he never like we never went on a date really. Um, and so, and then he left and broke out with me on Facebook, um, even after I, we found out that he couldn't have children or he has children now, which I was like, but like, I like helped him like take his sperm, like get it checked. And I was like, we're going to, I was like, we can do in vitro. Like, it's fine. Like I'll be here. And he went off out of the country and broke out with me and was like, I don't want to be with you anymore. And I was like. Yeah, that's sucky. So is it hard for you now to be intimate? Uh, You said yes to anal, but, like, what about giving head? Oh, no, I love it now. Yeah, you love it now? Yeah. I feel like that that definitely would have put, like, um, I feel like I'm definitely more sensitive to the men now because of my own ex-husband and things that he's done in the marriage. So now I'm, like, super mindful. Like, if you go, like, soft a little bit, like, are you having pain? Are you, like, are you whole, like, you have to pee? Like, I feel like I'm hyper in my head now trying to study, like, what men are going through because also, like, things that happen in my marriage yeah. too and it just makes you hyper focused but doesn't for me doesn't deteriorate things that I love too no I just I love I think now I think I do everything in the bedroom for me now yeah um not to say that I'm not like trying to like please my partner or whoever I'm dealing with but I realize like sex is enjoyable because I can make it enjoyable like I can I can please someone and also please myself at the same time while I'm doing this so now it's like so I can take it's like a it's like a challenge like yeah I'm like mm. how can I like do this differently this time like can I like open my mouth wider like can I lick yeah, the butt like yes. you know and I'm just like oh this is fun it's like a little game that I play with myself and I think that that's been yeah. super helpful be- with porn too because it's like I am acting. But I need to also have fun while I'm doing it. So, like, now I take those things into, like, my personal life. And I'm like, look, let me show you what I learned. Like, let me show so you cool. what I learned. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Um, what is a positive sex experience that helped you shape your life, your sex life? The first time I had sex sober. Tell me about that. So, I was dating this, I was seeing this guy. And I wasn't drinking. Um... And I was super nervous because I have had never like gone on a date, not had a drink. I'm always, I'm a nervous drinker. So like if I like, I'm like on a first date or like, I know I'm need to like lay down with this person. Um, I, uh, start drinking. So I was uh, challenging myself. And so the very first time we, we had a date, I stayed the night, did not have sex with him. And I was like, okay, that was, that was different. And then the next time I went, um, we had a great, like, we had a great time. It was just, like, magical. I was aware. Um, the music was on, but there was, like, no words. So, like, I wasn't creating false narratives in my head about, like, I'm in love. Because, like, whatever, you know? And I was like, oh, I, this is so cool because I, I can feel everything. And I just felt like I was in tune with me and with him. And it was beautiful. I love yeah. That. How do you create sexual intimacy with someone you just met? Laughter. Laughter? Mm-hmm. So you just crack a lot of jokes? If they can get me to laugh, because I'm usually like, what you want, right? <laughs> and so usually if they're like, 
if they're funny or they can get me to laugh, or they can like get me to smile, then like it's open. Then I'm like, pussy is like, and I'm like, hello, sir. Do you want your dick sucked now? Like right here at this restaurant? I, because I, for whatever reason, like I feel that that's my safe. Like I don't smile. I've always been told like, smile. I hate that too. Like you fucking smile. And I'm like, I don't want to. But like, if you can genuinely get me to like do that, then I'm like, okay. I like you. I can cook you some meals. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm always laughing and I even laugh when I'm nervous. So like <laughs> someone caught me on this once. Um, this guy was like overly flirting with me and I was laughing. He was like, I can't tell if you're laughing because you like what I'm saying or if you're nervous or if you're uncomfortable. And I was like in my head, all the above. <laughs> all of it. All of it. <laughs> yes. If I get uncomfortable, I get real. I think, I think, I think the military comes out. I'm just like. <laughs> and, and then I'm like I think I get into like this like I need to protect myself so like and I'm uncomfortable and we need to shut down right now and so then I'm then I become like they're like and a lot of guys would be like well you don't seem interested and it's like I'm not not interested I'm uncomfortable with you right now and like you've not done anything to make me feel comfortable and now I must walk away so <laughs> I could just like as you're saying that I'm like imagining you at some at some dinner and you're like I'm uncomfortable now I must walk away and you just get up and you're like oh. I've, and I've been on several dates where I'm just like D no <laughs> so yeah I've done it I've done it a couple times I'm like this isn't gonna work for me this is the, I love how knowing you are <laughs> um what is your favorite type of sex aftercare food I for some reason I just me. knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> fix me, fix me some food. Buy like order me some food, um, and it also depends on like who I'm with too. If it's a one night stand, yeah. Like if like go leave, like leave. You know, you can leave. That's great aftercare. Like giving my bed to myself. Um, some people I'm like, please don't touch me. I don't. I'm like really weird about touch. Like I don't like to be touched. Unless, so touch is not your love language. No, no. Um, I have to like really like if I'm snuggling with you like I really like you and I feel really safe so like get out of my way um aftercare honestly give me some space uh and make me some food okay <laughs> you're like you can get up go service yeah. me go like heat me up the leftovers or something and like bring them in the bed or, or something you know give me a snack I like that mm -hmm. it's different <laughs> <laughs> do you believe in soul ties no. Mm -mm. What's your reasoning? I just, I don't, I think I, I think I don't trust myself enough. To tie. To, yeah. I feel like, I feel like every time I'm like, this is it. Like, I love this person. Even done like friendships, something always happens. And then I question like, am I, do I, am I unaware? Or like, did I do something like, am I not, I think maybe when I'm like completely like, and I don't even know if I'll ever get there, but like once I'm completely secure with like my heart, mm -hmm. I think I will, but like. Do you know what soul tie is? Like, I mean, isn't that like when you like, I don't know, like explain it to me. So a lot of people think soul ties mean just sexually. Like I have sex with this person and we exchanged energy, now we're sex or we're tied, right? Soul tie means like, I've met like this, this girl I recently met and literally upon just online her messaging me for work interaction i was like something here like i feel like your energy just feels very familiar and then we met in per or like we got on the phone we facetimed and we just like 
literally we're just going topic to topic to topic to topic. And it can even be people that you don't have a good relationship with afterwards, but upon meeting that person, you feel really comfortable, you feel really connected, and it feels like something, it could feel like a past life, like we've met before, mm -hmm. but not in this lifetime. So that could be a soul tie, where you have met people in multiple lives, and you're walking that life together, and then you meet back up in another life, and it's because you're, you were supposed to teach each other something. So that's where soul ties come in. They teach you something, they remind you of parts of yourself that you may have forgotten, and they ignite something in you. That is a soul tie. And it doesn't always have to be like someone you have to keep forever in your life. I think that's where I struggle with it because I, I've been hurt by people that I have like would literally die for. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether I'm like, I, I just don't know whether the feelings are reciprocal. Like I, I would like to know that like you feel the same way about me. And like, I feel like every time I have like an incident where like my best, best, best friend, like, completely fucked me over and I'm like now I can never now like now so I don't know I think um there's lessons in that and yeah. that's something we could talk about privately but there's lessons in that um when you come across those situations and you feel like people are hurting you t that specific type of way always did dig deep and ask what am I supposed to learn yeah and versus having the perspective because I feel like a lot of people have the perspective of why is this happening to me change it yeah to why is this why is this happening for me I am starting to look at it that way. It's just hard, obviously, because yeah. especially if you like, the last time that happened was my like, like the person that I just knew was like, like my other half, right? Mm -hmm. Like my best best friend, and like, just we just kind of had a, a, a friend breakup, and I know why. Um, and this is something I, I cannot help him through that, and he cannot help me through what I. Need to go through it. It's really just sad because, like, I I love him, you know, and so yeah. like I just I'm tired of like loving people that just kind of walk away. And I, but I I'm also like okay, like that's fine. And I think struggling with like that that's fine, mm -hmm. and like they'll come back or like they won't or like I'm happy to have them in my life for the time that I did. It's just hard because yeah. I I never I don't want to continue to like befriend or like fall in love with people, and then I feel like that's gonna happen again. I want to be okay with if it does or when it does that that's okay. Yeah. I'm not there yet. Yeah, and that's that's perfectly okay too. Be open to the perspective that yeah. you know soul ties that everyone, even this person that you're mentioning, um, that you had a friend breakup. That could have been the soul tie of a reminder of a last, past lifetime. Mm -hmm. That they're gonna be like, hey, in your next lifetime, I'm gonna pop up in this way. We're gonna be in love with this way, and there's gonna be a lesson that we're both gonna have to learn, and we're gonna have to break up from that. You know, have a different perspective of like these are soul ties, and in the next life, they might pop up in the same way but to remind you of the same lesson. Mm -hmm. And you can even, in your next life, you might have a, like a feel, there's been times where um, I have an issue with a friend and I'm like, dang, like, why is this happening again? Like, this feels like deja vu. Yeah. And it's because I haven't learned that lesson yeah. completely. So my soul ties are popping up to remind me, hey, get it together and yeah. it's gonna hurt, but I'm here to do that for yeah. you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, just, I think maybe that's where I'm at. I'm trying to learn the, with the lessons and I'm trying to figure, because I'm doing a lot of, self-healing so mm -hmm. like in this healing journey I'm like I don't want to like be that close to anybody right now because I can't because I don't know I don't know how to like to be a good friend or be a good partner I don't think yet and I think I need to learn what that means for me and 
Yeah, and I think we're also learning. I'm still learning how to yeah. be a good friend. <laughs> I'm still learning how to be a good friend. Like, okay. what does that even mean anymore? I feel like the definitions are just so like, you know, so it's just like trying to find your own definition of how you can show up for yeah. people while keeping yourself the, in the most authentic way. Yeah. That's that's the balance, and it's hard. So it sounds like you're it's following your intuition there, and I just advise you to just be open to new perspectives and keep following that vision, trust the vision, because your gut is going to lead you in the right direction, um, always. How would you define your sexuality? Free free mm -hmm. um what does free mean to you i f <laughs> i i would i look at my sexuality like food i know I'm, I'm so hungry but like i'm always down to try something once you mm -hmm. know and i feel like there's not a lot of people well, not, not 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 a lot of people but i've been so conditioned to be like men don't like this from a woman or like you're never going to find someone if you keep doing this and i'm like i i want to be free to be able to explore however you how choose to love. i choose to love or how i receive love yes. um and if i don't like it i don't have to do it anymore like i just I, it's not like it's going like if i sit down i think the, the being a sex worker and being in the industry has really taught me like talk, talk about it make sure all the boundaries are set you know and then if you don't like something, you're okay. You're okay. You can revoke the consent and you can try it another way. Like if I don't like this position, we can change it. If my back hurts today, like I don't want, you know, and I'm, I'm, I want to be free to explore and not have boundaries put on me and by other people. So I'm there. I'm, yeah. There, so there. I'm guessing you define yourself sexually liberated. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's beautiful. You yeah. have such a like free flowing spirit in that way. And a lot of people struggle to be free and to come to that realization like, Hey, I, I don't want that. Yeah, and so I really commend you on that. That's I'm beautiful. like, do, do we? Are we both? Like, I just want, and I want my partner to be like, you sure you don't want? Like, let's yeah. do all these things together. Let's let's try it. Like, and I think I've been the one in most of my relationships to be like, let's try this. And they're like, I've never done that. And I'm like, let's do it. And they're just like, no. And I'm like, why not? I like to be free too. I definitely love to just like. Like, even in the middle of it, I'm like, I've never seen this before, but we're going to fucking figure it yeah. out. Let me do a handstands and fucking... I was, I was like, every time, I, every time it pops up on my feet, I'm like... <laughs> you know, we it's were so literally cute. in a moment. We were like, we were just talking, and then uh, I think I was doing something flexible. And I was like, I want to try something. He's like, what? I was like, I want to do a handstand on your dick. And he was like, how, how are we going to do that? I was like, I'm going to show you. I don't know. I've never seen, I've, I've seen it one time and it was years ago. And like, I don't know. We're going to figure it out. And I can just show you like some movements. And like for a good hour, we were sitting there trying to figure out like, how do he lift me in the air? And how do I bend down and suck his dick? And it was just hilarious. It was so cute. <laughs> Even like he fell over and like, get, like, I was like, that's so cute. <laughs> I was like, the yeah, I like those moments. And I hate people who are just like vanilla. And, like it's okay to be vanilla, but like, come on, bro. Can we experiment? Just like a little bit, you know, just a little like, bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> like I, I I um got I got caught <laughs> I got caught having sex in a bathroom of a club one time. The guy like the the security was like y'all can't be in there together. So I had to like walk out and pretend like I was like so drunk because like he was just helping me like make sure that I was okay. And, like it was the funniest <laughs> thing ever because we were cracking up and I was just like and I was like and then and then we got out and I was like what the fuck? It was so funny and I I do like being able to like do stuff like that with people and just being like, let's try something. I've, I've had sex like outside while like yes. people were passing, passing and like with partner and like, he's just like, what the fuck are we doing? I'm like, this is so much fun. It is, yes. Like, just don't care. Just I don't be care. Here. I got filmed in parking lots. Like, it's just, you know, and like, obviously like, you know, you want to be mindful, like 
stuff like that can like cause like issues because obviously oh, yeah. like it's you know sexually uh, what is it called um, public indecency or yeah something you can like, that. like get in trouble and like people can you know and I and I and I understand that but I think I'm a thrill seeker too so like I think being like nobody can see me but if some but they could if they like. If they can, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm like okay, I love voyeurism. I like to be watched. Yes. I like to watch other people. Oh, same. Yeah. So I'm like yes. okay, let's do all these things. So yes, it's really naughty. I, I like that feeling too. Like sometimes I'm out here and like I'm like my neighbors could technically see me, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> my, mom, my mom used to always be like, because like I will walk around the house butt naked. Like I don't give a shit. And my mom was like, oh my god, the neighbors can see. And I was like, have they never seen titties before? And I'm like, I don't really care if they see me, mine or not, you know? And she's like, you're oh just God. an exhibitionist. And I've been like that my whole, it's crazy because I've been like I'm that. like super nudist. Right. And then there was a point in my life where like, I didn't want anybody to see me naked. And I had to kind of get back to that, to that actually. But yeah, I'll walk around the house butt naked, like whatever. Like my mom's just like, oh my God, Leah. And my mom won't even like go outside with the house like out of bra on. Like she'll, walk, she'll dump the trash at night so that nobody will see her. And I'm like. No, no, no. Like, I would say the only time that put me in my, f that put it in my face that, hey, I might be too free with how I am with my body. Um, I was living in Vegas and we had, it was like right after COVID. We had just moved to Vegas, me and my ex-husband and kids. And um, I had that same mindset. I don't care. I'm inside my house. So what if they see me? And I'm like nudist all day. I'm nudist in my home, nudist outside my home. And I didn't realize the neighbors were actually really watching me. And because of that, it caused a year of a lawsuit with my landlords like they were trying to evict us because of it they were trying to cause call, calling the cops on us what? the neighbors calling cops on us like it became such a big thing because they had seen me naked walking around my house they had videos and photos of me naked walking around in my house it's not illegal by the way we looked up the log it's not illegal as long as they're not on your property taking the footage and then because of that they were circulating the footage around the neighborhood so then it became like every time I'm outside everybody's like pointing and it literally was them being like oh and I knew that they were like probably sharing the photos and videos that was going around from my landlord and whoever else was taking the stuff. And then um, during the lawsuit, like even my lawyer was like, um, like we can help you like stay in this house, but at the end of the lease, you got to get up out of there and we're going to do our best to like get you your deposit back and all these things, but because you are in a big bind right now. What? Because you want to walk around your own house with no clothes on? Even, and there is like, um, there's like a legal thing where like if you own a house, you can walk around naked. It is still public indecency, but legally the cops cannot do anything because it's your property. But if you are renting, you can go to jail and you can pay fines and stuff like that. Wait a so minute, whenever what? I, yeah, when I was put in that situation for an entire year, because of that situation, I went from being so free with my body to being like, I don't want, I'm afraid, I'm afraid if people look at me. I'm, and I was, I mean, I was a sex worker at that time and I just didn't care. And I was just like, what? It's titties. It's like, it's not like I'm bending over and blah, blah, blah. But they also have videos of me inside my house and different places of my house doing like masturbations and stuff like that. So because of that, I became so self-conscious of like people oh looking God, at me. Oh my God, I would like yeah. want to so, like, like I still like have that thrill of like, oh my God, my neighbors can see me. But I'm also very like aware of the consequences of like, if they decide to go and do these things, because I I was in that position of being so free and then being like, ah, <laughs> that's wild. I would have never thought that, but yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I had, a, I took some topless pictures on my balcony one time. Um, it was during COVID and my landlord and my landlord, my landlord was a creep. Um, he's actually one of the reasons why I got my boobs because he put the deposit down for them. 
Oh um, my god! But like he called me Infinite. up and was like, was like, I heard, I heard that like my, one of the neighbors called and said that you was like naked on the balcony the other day and like they could see you and I was like, I was out there for ten minutes, taking pictures and there he was like, I just like let you know that people are watching you and I was like, noted, got it, cool. <laughs> so yeah, like that's yeah, yeah, crazy man. I I would have never thought that. Yeah, and it went from me just not caring. It's just tits. Is it like even the other day I like accidentally like I was showing um you know Ricky like hey there's I'm about to order this. Pick, don't be a piece of shit and pick up your dog after your dog sign. It literally says that. Don't be a piece of shit and pick up after your dog because we have like dog poop all over our front yard. And he's like, I never see it. And like, I was sitting in that meditational spot just wearing underwear. And I was like, I'm about to go show you right now. And I like opened the gate, forgetting I had no clothes on. And I'm in mid video. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I like run back inside the gate. And then I like peer over. And there was like a few, like one of these people right, right there. And then across the street. And I was like, I hope nothing happens. But like, yeah, there's mom where I definitely like let it slip but I'm very cognizant now of like how free I am and yeah. like where I am because I of that. I and just like garden naked. That, that part. Um, what do you uh, consider to be forms of intimacy? Oh man. Um, I think like <laughs> this is I, <laughs> food. Food. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think like laughter, um, like experiencing new things together, um, cooking, like feeding, feed, for whatever reason, I guess food is my love language, apparently. Um, but I really like to like cook. I love the, 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 I mean, that's something you're passionate about. I really so am. And like, I've been like thinking, like, do I like make a cookbook? I've been like storing over like a cookbook for like a long time. But like, there's nothing better than making something with my hands and like look and like watching someone else like enjoy it. And I love that feeling. I think that is, it gives me like such like mommy vibes. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm like, I'm nurturing you, I'm, I'm feeding you. you, I'm feeding you. Like that, like, so I, I really like like making things and like giving them to people. And usually it's, it's food. So. I love that. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> You're like, if you can make me food, intimacy. Do you, um, out of the five love language, do you have any of those that are like your top three? I, I hate the love languages. Really? Because, I, I mean, know. it's quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, um, acts of service, and gift receiving. And all of those, I feel like, are very primal for humans. So, I, I feel like... Obviously, we have all of them, right? I think all of them are, are great. And, like, in any given time, like, I love them all. I I don't know whether I, like, I think it depends on who I'm who I'm with. Because um, if you're a terrible gift giver, then, like, please stop giving me gifts. Like, just stop, you know? Well, what do you consider to be a terrible gift? Like, something that I wouldn't remotely at all, like, like or want. Like... Like, I'm not really, like, I I don't like, like, purses. I don't like, I like kind of like jewelry, but I don't wear a lot of it. Um, I would prefer, like, an electronic. Like, give me a gadget. Like, that would be cute. Um, I, I do think that, I don't know, like, some probably, probably acts of service is probably, like, number one. Because I think that if I feel you, like that's screaming. If you know me... <laughs> I want you to know me mm -hmm. and know what to do when I need it done. And so I think that acts of service could, could encompass all of those things. Yeah. Like, do I need 
do I need you to make me soup because I'm sick? Do I need you to leave me alone because I'm irritated? Do I need you to go put gas in my car because you know I have to drive in the morning and I, I, I'm always running late? You know, I think, I think just knowing me as a person is like the best thing that somebody could ever do for me. Because I think, we, I, think I, I get lost in like, who am I? And I, so for someone to see me yeah. is like super important for me. So. I feel like all of the love languages um, have become all of my top. Yeah. At one point, when I first started understanding what love languages are in my marriage, um, my ex-marriage, it was quality time. I think it was like uh, quality time and touch. That was like my only. The rest I was like, meh. And now I'm in a space of like all of it. And um, I even had to redefine what gifts are for me because I'm not the expensive person. Mm -mm. Don't go buy me a phone. Don't go buy me gadgets. Don't buy me anything because if I want that, I'm going to get it myself yeah. and I'll create a better value if I can get something that mm -hmm. expensive myself. A purse, all that shit. Leave that up to me. The best gift you can give me, chocolate. Best gift you can give me, a cup of juice, being like I really thought of you. It's not just an act of service, but it's a gift mm -hmm. in that same mm -hmm. manner. It's also romance. And then spend time with me. Hey, babe, I got us, um, I got us, uh, I bought this $2 movie on Amazon. That's a gift. You know, gifting me your time. Um, I also see time, quality time as a gift mm -hmm. as well. Because someone like Ricky literally has barely any time. Every time he does set just one hour or an evening with me, I'm like, wow, you just gifted me your time. Mm -hmm. I don't want nothing else. Let's just cuddle. Now we're going into touch. Let's just, you know, eat. Now we're going into like different things like that. So I feel like I had to redefine what gift receiving was for me because I wasn't going to receive anything in that area. Right. But I think having someone understand, hey, anything when it comes to money-wise, I will not receive well from you. But if you can gift me other things that are important to me, I will receive it better. Um, just the other day, I came, I, I came home from a run, and he had just got home from a set, and there was a note sitting on my, yeah. my pillow. That's a gift. Yeah. You know, and the note was just telling me like how it's also a words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. So it was both a gift, you giving me this note that I'm forever going to be able to keep. And then you giving me at words of affirmation in that same note. So, um, yeah, I think we need to redefine what love languages mean to mm -hmm. us because that $10,000 purse is unrealistic to a lot of people. Yeah. But hey, I just picked you a flower. And <laughs> yeah, and when I was when I was broke and I was with my ex, I would I, I would like always be like, just like. You're an artist. Draw me a picture. Like, can you like carve our names in like a tree and ride me past it and like be like, look what I did. Like it was and like it was really hard for him to even do stuff like that because it wasn't. That wasn't his love language. It, but it wasn't enough for him. Like he like I would be like, you know, just like I, I remember like one time I we I was I was obviously like very broke. I was I had I was on food stamps and I made a dinner, our anniversary dinner or birthday dinner for him or something. And like, I went and got the food. I cooked it. I set it up outside and, um, I had like all these love notes all over it. And I had candles and everything. And I was in lingerie and like it, I mean, I didn't pay, I didn't spend any money because like I use food stamps to like buy the food. Right. So like I, it was free. I just, I, I put effort into it. I made like books of like our, our pictures in it. And I, I staged like a water balloon fight when he got home one day and like, I never got anything from him that he always felt like he was inadequate. And I, I wonder, I wonder sometimes. That may have been just things that he's going through. And yeah. like, I'm discovering in this new relationship that I am, that I'm having to redefine what certain things mean to me. 
honestly, it's not as silly as it sounds. The word romance just got redefined to me mm -hmm. a few days ago. And it's from that friend that, like I just told you about, um, she was ripping and raving about all these things her and her girlfriend do. And I was just like, man. And she's like, girl, I romanticize everything. She's yeah. like, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna re read a book, I'm gonna put a flower in my book. If I'm gonna go do this, I'm gonna put a flower in it. If I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And I was just like, wow. And then it made me redefine like how am I showing up for myself romantically mm -hmm. and how am I showing up to my partner romantically? And then it started changing the definitions of everything else. And then that brought up a conversation. Communication is everything. Yeah. So like ways that he was showing up to me that he thought was romantic or was my love languages, honestly was a, a miss for me. And I was just too embarrassed to say that. Yeah. And also embarrassed or scared that he wouldn't receive it in the way that I needed him to. So the moment we really sat down and was like, hey, like it's the presentation of it all. If we could do this, if we do that. And we said it in a, a, a way that he still felt, cause at first, whenever we were talking about it, his ego flared up and he's like, I am romantic. Yeah, it's never enough for you. And then when we really sat down, he's like, yeah, maybe I'm not romantic. And I was like, yeah, now that you really think about it, but you know, it's the way I said it for you to receive it. Yeah. So it's like, we have to sit down with friends. We have to sit down with family members. We have to sit down with our own children. We have to sit down with our partners and say, hey, this is how I would like to see, receive you. Can we work on that? Yeah. How would you like to receive me? And so we're so used to being in our ego mind and afraid to show up or we're not enough. And then when it gets justified, like, oh, you just said I'm basically not enough. Oh, my God. Now it's, you know, all these yeah. things. So it's just like maturity, age, time, literally. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I deal with that with family a lot. It's like trying to be like, hey, I'm I hurt. You hurt me. Or like the way you said this was like hurtful. And then it's like. Well, I just won't say anything. And it's like, oh, that's not really what I... That, okay. Literally. It's maturity, so. age, and time. And, like, a lot of... It takes patience even to have a communication conversation mm -hmm. in that way. Being able to express our needs and being able to express our wants, you know? That comes all into our love language. Yeah. Literally. Um, so, yeah, this, it's a powerful thing. Um, <laughs> like, just do them all, all the time. Every just do day. them all the time. Yeah, and it matters. And a lot of people be like, oh, I only have one thing. That's my love language. And I'm like, no. Because you just even saw me say, like, hey, quality time is a gift. Quality yeah. time is, you know, this. Quality time is that for me. Like, you tie it all into day together yeah. and say, this is what I need and want. And this, like, this is how I'm going to receive you. Mm -hmm. And it's up to that person to give it, give that. And if they can't, then that's that's just their own age maturity and time that they have to come across you know what i mean yeah um so last but not least now that you are at this beautiful age 38 right now, <laughs> <laughs> i have to confirm because i'm like 38 where um now that you're at this beautiful age 38 what would you say to your younger self now that you have experienced life this way um sex spirituality sensuality your childhood things with friends how would you what advice would you give your younger self to help get you to where you are now um oh my gosh um i don't even know i really don't um i think i I don't even know if I would want to give myself any advice because I'm happy where I'm where I've landed. So like any advice I would give would, would make it make me not be here. But I think I would I would I think I think the uh, some advice I would I would give myself would be slow down. Um think about what think about the decisions that you make before you make them um a little bit more. Uh and stop asking for other people's approval when you know you don't need anybody else's approval. Just do the damn thing. Just do the damn thing. Just do it. 
That's beautiful advice. <laughs> you doubted yourself before you like, could even say it. I was like, wait, wait. I was like, it's there, it's there. <laughs> I love that so much. Thank you so much You're for sitting welcome. down with me in this interview and letting everyone know who you are and everything about you. I'm so grateful. Tell us where we can find you on the socials. Um, Twitter, Instagram. It's hello. Hello, it's Leah, though, is my handle. Um, I guess I am now officially dubbed the Bush Queen. I don't know how the hell that even happened, but like, here we are with Pitbull Bush. You guys don't know what Bush means. You should just go ahead just and look her up. Go look it up. Um, yeah. Bush Queen. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is a thing now. Um, yeah, that's about it. Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you and thank me. you guys so much for tuning in on this episode. I love you so much and can't wait to see you next one. <laughs> I love it. That was amazing.